This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. And no one likes a stingy Andy. I've definitely <laughs> come across that in my life. So I want to plan to be the person that I want to be, right? That's why I save up to be the person I want to be. A little planning definitely goes a long way. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill. And today we're going to do three things. First, I'll be sharing a financial checklist for you to consider as the year comes to a close. Second, we are back with our Be The Change segment. And as a reminder, this segment is dedicated to nonprofits and charities that are focused on helping kids have better lives. This month, we are featuring The Hope Effect. This is an organization dedicated to improving orphan care globally. Joshua Becker, a former guest of this show and the author of Things That Matter. He's back to discuss this organization as he is the founder of it. And last but not least, we are back with another money quiz. My daughter Zoe is going to be reading the review of the month and we're going to be switching up the quiz a little bit and making it multiple choice and making it slightly more difficult. We'll see how she does. And uh, you guys can play along at home or on your run or while you're washing dishes, whatever you do while listening to a podcast. All right, let's jump into today's show. The year is coming to a close, my friends. This is time for reflection, time for relaxation, and a little last-minute preparation. If you're wondering if you've checked the right boxes financially this year, well, we've created a nice year-end financial checklist to help you out. Knowing everyone's family situation is different, not everything on this list will pertain to your specific situation. That being said, there may be year-end financial to-dos that have escaped your mind. Taking care of them before the end of the year might just make your new year that much brighter. So without further delay, here is our year-end financial checklist for you to consider. Number one, revisit your budget. Remember that budget that you made one time this year (laughs) and then you never looked at it again? Well, if you're wishing that your finances were looking a little bit better at the latter portion of the year, it may be time for you to revisit your budget. It's hard to improve our finances, everyone, if we're not tracking our finances. Now, with the last portion of the year that we have before the new year, detail out your income and your expenses. Write down how much you make each month and how much you spend each month. December may be a disaster of a month for tracking with holiday spending and things like that, but you got to start somewhere, right? Now, a great place to start is with your credit card and your bank statements. You could review the past few months of statements, calculate what you typically spend each month, and a great place to start is with the big expenses. Think housing, transportation, food, childcare, daycare, utility bills, entertainment, all those big ones. Now, this exercise may be extremely revealing for you. You might find some trouble spots that are really dragging down your ability to eliminate debt, invest, and just generally build wealth for your family. If you'd prefer to utilize technology to help you out, check out Mint to support your budgeting efforts. This is a tool we've been using for, oh my gosh, 
a decade or more now. It syncs up your account so you don't have to import the numbers manually. It saves you time and it saves you money. If you don't like Mint, there's a bunch of other ones out there. I'll put links in the show notes. Number two, reduce expenses for the things that don't matter. There's something about the end of the year that makes me want to sort of tidy up the house and get rid of things I don't need. That way you can start fresh in the new year. So let's definitely do that with our houses for sure, but we could also clean up our budgets as well. Instead of eliminating those things that you and your spouse really enjoy, I'd suggest starting with eliminating the things that don't bring you joy first. You'll start to find them when you look through that budget. Epiphany's like, hey, I didn't know we were still paying for that gym membership. I haven't been there all year. (laughs) Maybe you signed up in January, right? (laughs) Or why is our cell phone bill over a hundred bucks per month when I keep seeing all these ads for like $30 a month or $15 a month? Or when is the last time we watched something on Hulu? Can we get rid of that subscription now? You get the idea, right? Do things like this over and over again, and it'll start to add up. Small changes like these, they won't affect your overall happiness, and they could free up thousands of dollars in your budget each year. Number three, earn a thousand bucks and put it in savings. Let's say you've examined your budget and there's not much you're spending on that isn't a necessity. Well, you could definitely make more money. I want to help you earn $1,000 before the month is over. Here are some thoughts on how to get it done, my friends. First, sell 10 things around your house on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or whatever tool you like to use. Our trash can be turned into cash. There's things that are in closets that have been sitting there for months you haven't used. Maybe they're still in the box. Who knows? Clothes, bikes, toys, video games, furniture, whatever. You name it, people are willing to buy it, especially during the holidays. You could also look into extra hours or overtime at your job or your business that you have. Do you have a job where overtime is actually an option? Well, this may be the time of year where you ask your employer for some additional hours and maybe they'd appreciate the extra hours and the extra help and you'd appreciate the extra cash, right? So it can't hurt to ask. And then you can also make some extra money from your hobby. Maybe you love photography. Maybe you love writing. Maybe you love woodworking. Let's find a way to get paid for it. I've got a list of 30 side hustle ideas for parents that pay over $30 an hour. And I will put that link in the show notes. There are thousands of people who have followed their passion and made great money from it. And they've used that money to pay off their debt, even pay off their mortgage early and reach financial independence for their families. Now, when you get this extra thousand bucks from all these different ideas or different ways that you've come up with as you're listening to this, throw that extra money into an emergency fund so you don't have to go into debt for your next emergency. Putting away money, especially during uncertain financial times, it's a good idea. It's always good to have some money in the bank, you know? Number four, increase workplace retirement contributions. With the year coming to a close, it's time to take advantage of your workplace retirement options like your 401k. Are you getting an employer match that you're not taking advantage of? Well, make sure you're getting all that free money before the year is up. If you're not sure if you're doing this correctly, check with your HR or benefits rep to ensure you're taking full advantage of all that free dollars that are coming from your office or workplace. If you don't have a workplace retirement option and you're hearing me say this, well, I don't have that. Well, you could take advantage of a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. These are ways for you to invest for your retirement outside of your workplace. 
Number five, get term life insurance. I'm about to get real here. Last year, the life insurance payout was the highest it's ever been. According to the Wall Street Journal, over $100 billion was paid out to life insurance beneficiaries due to the high death rate fueled by COVID-19. So ask yourself, if you were to die, how would that not only emotionally affect your family, but financially affect them? Do they rely on your income or the work that you do for your family to survive and thrive? If the answer is yes, then you should consider a term life insurance policy. There are many, many providers out there that do this easily and inexpensively online. I have recommended Quotacy on my website for the past five years because they continue to provide a no-hassle sales experience, a great online experience, and they scan the marketplace for rates that work best for your situation. I will put their link in the show notes. Whatever you do, work with them, work with somebody else. Term life insurance, protect your family. Number six contribute more to a 529 plan. A 529 plan is a college savings plan for your kid. If your state provides a state tax deduction for 529 plan contributions, consider making another year-end contribution. That is what I'm about to do after I finish recording this. We've done well this year, and I want to max that out and help our daughter get to a debt-free college experience as much as possible. So if you're able to do this, this additional contribution will not only help your child move towards that debt-free college experience, but it will help you reduce your state taxes as well if your state plan provides that deduction. Definitely look into that. Number seven, give generously. We're all about building family wealth on this podcast, right? And we're all about building family happiness as well. And I truly, truly believe in my heart of hearts that giving away money adds to true family wealth and happiness. If you have the means this year, consider giving in three different ways. The first way, giving to charities, churches, and nonprofits that call to your heart. This time of year is the lifeblood for these organizations. There's something about the holidays that opens up people's hearts and wallets toward giving. Support your favorite charity, your favorite cause this holiday season with a nice year-end gift if you've got the ability to. You could also give to family and friends. Yes, you know, that's what the holidays are all about, giving gifts during the holidays, maybe giving cash during the holidays for people who maybe need it. You know, these are family and friends of yours. It lets your family and friends know that you really, really care by helping when you're able to. And then lastly, you can give randomly to neighbors or people working hard in the service industry or people that have been kind to you this year that have maybe put themselves out there in the service industry. Have you ever given a big tip to a waiter or waitress or maybe just somebody who's down on their luck? That's the type of random acts of kindness that I'm talking about. Get creative. Do this with your kids and your spouse. This could be a fun family tradition in the making and make it your own way. Do it the way you want to do it. If you're looking for a tradition to join in on, don't forget that we're doing our Big Tip Tuesday tradition this year. We're essentially giving random big tips to people working hard in the service industry and we want you to join us. I'm going to put details in the show notes, but essentially you, <laughs> you give big, you give generously and you decide what generous means to people working hard in the service industry. And then uh, you let me know about it. And then I share your good deeds on the podcast. And we do this collective. We're trying to get to $3,000 of collective big tip giving amongst our community this year. We've already got $200 committed. So things are going well. Now, if all this 
gift-giving stuff that I'm talking about sounds completely out of reach for you this year, don't worry. You don't need to give if you don't have the money to give, right? We don't want to do that. You don't want to give from an empty cup because if your cup is empty, then you're not actually helping yourself get to where you are so you can actually help people. But if you want to give more, it all starts with the first point from our year-end financial checklist, and that's revisiting your budget. If you want to be more giving, add it into your budget for next year so you've got the money saved up. Being generous is a whole lot easier when you have money set aside to give. I'd be a lot more stingy with my money during the holidays if I didn't actually pool up a bunch of money so that I could be giving. And no one likes a stingy Andy. I've, I've definitely <laughs> come across that in my life. So I want to plan to be the person that I want to be, right? That's why I save up to be the person I want to be. A little planning definitely goes a long way. Well, enough from me, everyone. I want to hear from you. What do you think of this year-end financial checklist, these seven ideas? What would you add to this list? Please let us know by sharing this episode on your social media accounts and tagging me on Instagram at Marriage Kids and Money or Facebook at Andy Hill MKM. I've kind of abandoned Twitter for a little while, so it's just a little pause. So I won't be on there for a little bit, but if you want to tag me on those other channels, let's keep the conversation going. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello.
Be The Change segment this month, we are featuring The Hope Effect, an organization dedicated to changing the way the world cares for orphans. I've invited the founder of The Hope Effect, Joshua Becker, back on the show today, and he's joined by the executive director of The Hope Effect, Joe Darigo. We're going to discuss the life of an orphan and what that looks like globally and what The Hope Effect is doing to help. Welcome to the show, Joshua and Joe. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Andy. Thanks for having me back, man. You, you do a good job. I'm glad to have you back and to discuss a really important topic. So let's talk about the state of institutional orphan care globally. Why is this something people should care about? Thanks so much. We appreciate being able to speak on behalf of the orphan. There are roughly, it's hard to really nail down because orphans aren't seen legally oftentimes. Nobody registers them at a hospital. Legal status can be a big challenge for them. But roughly, there's about 15 million orphans worldwide. And about two and a half to three million of them are living inside a public or private orphanage. And inside of those orphanages, there is long-term damage, long-term damage being done to these children. What are the common reasons kids end up in orphan care? There's really two types of orphanages when you think about it. There's public orphanages, those that the governments run, and there are private orphanages often funded by individuals or or religious organizations, good-hearted people. In public orphanages, children get into the same reason kids get into CPS here in the States. Abandonment, abuse, alcohol, drug-related issues, death, that type of thing. For some reason, the government gets custody of a child and puts them into an orphanage that they run, a public orphanage. On the private side, they're the number one contributor, I mean, by far, is actually finances, poverty. A scenario that we see play out often is a poor family has multiple children. They're unable to make enough money to care for them. And so they want their kids to get better food. They want their kids to have a better education. And so they lovingly relinquish their children into an orphanage to give them a better chance of life. Interestingly, about 80% of children in private orphanages have at least one living parent that they could live with if the family had enough finances to care for them. Joe's story is really, really quite fascinating in even how the whole Hope Effect was was founded. Joe's adopted two children. He adopted a, a baby south from South Korea and then a 12-year-old from Thailand. Really night and day experiences at home with the two children. I had signed a book deal to write a couple books. I write about minimalism and owning less. And so we wanted to use the money from the books to start a nonprofit organization of some sort. My wife was adopted. And so that was where our passion always was, which led me to a conversation with Joe, who's actually been a friend for over 25 years. And he began sharing with me the, the studies that, that we've known for decades, that children who grow up in institutional orphanages, a whole bunch of kids and just a couple of adults, that brains just don't develop. They fall behind in every stage of human development than someone who grows up in a family and gets the attention and affection. I mean, you just imagine a whole bunch of kids and workers coming in and out and just not getting the attention and interaction that they would in a family. And we've known for decades. So that's really the, the problem as we see it and what we're working to, working to help solve. Yeah, well, let's talk about that a little bit then, Joshua. What is the Hope Effect doing to help with the issue? So what we do primarily, our goal is to change the way the world cares for orphans. We work in developing nations. Most developed nations have moved past institutional orphanages. If you picture America, we use the foster care system. So 
this understanding that families are better. But in a lot of developing nations where the laws need to be rewritten or parents need to be trained or there's just economics of the issue, we work in those nations. We work in those countries and we work with legislatures. We work to to find families. And our goal is to get children out of institutional orphanages and into families because every child deserves a family. Yeah. So real practically speaking, outside the U.S., we, we start foster care where it doesn't exist. We reunify children back out of private orphanages and into their families where it's possible. And then we have programs to prevent children from ever going into an orphanage by helping families become financially stable enough, you know, having them learn how to have more earnings, learn how to budget their money better, and then they can care for their own children and they won't have to put them into an orphanage. And then inside the U.S. here, we're really trying to bring about awareness about the problem. So you having us on the podcast is huge. You know, a recent study revealed that $2.5 billion leaves the pockets of people in the U.S. to fund orphanages around the world, in which 80% of those kids are not orphans at all. And so us just getting that message out will, will hopefully help channel that $2.5 billion in a better way and really provide more family solutions for kids, which they deserve and which helps them, which helps them grow and develop in a better way. That's a beautiful message, Joe and Joshua. Thank you so much for sharing that and your mission. Talk to us about some real-life examples of this impact. I think that helps people to understand maybe a family that's been impacted or an orphan that's been impacted by your program. I'll share one of my favorite stories, and Joe probably has has a dozen more, but JJ was born in Hermosillo in January 2020. His mother was unable to care for him, and so dropped him off at a hospital at four days old where he was quickly put into an institutional orphanage in the city. That was January, 2020. Two months later, COVID hit. And just as he was becoming aware of his surroundings, just becoming aware of the the people in his life and the adults in the life, in his life, they were all required to wear masks. We moved JJ into a family, Moises and Hansel, at a year and a half old. JJ spent the first year and a half of his life never seeing an adult smile, never seeing any facial expressions because of the, the laws and they were in place because they were in place. And it's, a, it's just a perfect example of the difference between a family and an orphanage. One of the most meaningful stories that I can think of. I'm sure Joe has another one. Well, and you think about it, you know, when most kids were learning how to copy their parents' smile, I mean, JJ was never seeing a smile, right? And so most of the caregivers inside the orphanage are women. And so he, for the first 18 months of his life, never really interacted even with a man or a father figure. So when he came into our foster family and they took him home and they took off their masks for the first time, and this is really some of the earliest moments in his life where he'll remember seeing an actual face all the way. He was a pretty stoic kid, pretty stone-faced. And at 18 months, he wasn't even walking yet. And that we see that very common in kids raised in an institution. Developmentally, they don't hit those milestones at the right time. And so within 30 days, he started walking Shortly after that, he actually began to run. He started finding his voice. He started being expressive with his face. 
And man, we saw dramatic life change in just a few months in that kid's life. And we see this time and time again, as we get to experience the joy of seeing a kid get out of an institution where he didn't belong and into the loving arms of a family who invested in him. It's been, uh, it's super, super meaningful for us and for our team. We are all about family on this show and we're all about helping where we can too with the abundance that we have in our lives. So let's talk about where you hope this organization will go, you know, call it over the next five to 10 years. What are your hopes and dreams for the Hope Effect? Sure. We actually just worked through a little five-year session here at the Hope Effect. And since it's a financial podcast, I'll lead off with the finances. You know, we're averaging right now around four. 400, 450,000 that will be our, hopefully our annual income this year. And we are able to do a lot with that, but we really have an appetite to really see significant change happen around the world. So we're shooting in the next five years to get that to an annual income of a million dollars. The good news is 80 to 84% of our money goes directly to projects. And because of how we're structured, we actually have people that pay for our U.S. administrative side. And so our fundraising and administrative costs are paid for by people who know it so that the the individual donating can actually give 100% of their money straight towards projects. We want to see over 500 kids out of orphanages and into the loving arms of families in the next five years. And we're really hopeful in our flagship locations in Mexico, which is in the state of Sonora and Michoacan, that we'll get, uh, with the government's help, we'll get to a spot where no child under three will ever go into an orphanage. And that is really critical because that's when they develop the most in their physical brain and their attachment towards adults is developed in those first three years. And so we're really hoping that we can really stop any kid from under three ever going into an orphanage in those locations in the next five years. That is beautiful. Well, if you guys are moved right now by listening to the words of Joe and Joshua here, let's talk to them about how they could maybe give their time, their money, their voice to support your organization. Where should they go? You can go to hopeeffect.com, learn more about us. You can obviously make a cash donation there. You can learn how you can donate stock or donate from your donor advice fund. There's also opportunities to volunteer on our website and you can connect with me directly. My email is joe at hopeeffect.com. We're on the three major social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow us along there, of course. And boy, we would love you to invite uh, Joshua and I to come speak at your church, your civic group, or do a happy hour Zoom with us and your friends. We would just love to be able to get the message out about what orphans are facing about the broken way that we're supporting them here in the U.S. and how we could really change the world by helping every child find the loving arms of a family. And I'll just add, man, I invite you to jump in a couple dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, all the way up. I mean, don't feel like you need to be able to give a huge amount to be part of this and part of this change that we're bringing about in the world. Any donation that you have, we would put to good use and would love to have you a part of our team working to change the way the world cares for orphans. Absolutely. Yeah. Lots of huge change can happen globally in our country when people chip in, even if it's small, that starts to pile on and uh, we create a movement. We create a movement of a world we want to be in. We create a movement of the country we want to have and we can be the change. It's, it's beautiful. Joe and Joshua, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. To keep this show running and to help your buddy Andy smile, I'd like to ask you to do one quick thing to support this show. If you like this show, 
please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. A lot more people are listening in Spotify lately. That type of feedback helps more people to find the show. To encourage you to leave a review each month, we do a book giveaway and a funny money quiz. But we'll get to the money quiz later. We received seven reviews since our last book giveaway offer. That's a lot. This quarter, we're going to be giving away three different book options from past podcast guests, Things That Matter by Joshua Becker, Cashing Out by Kirsten and Julian Saunders, and How to Money by Gene Chatsky and Catherine Tuggle. And I'm here to pick the winner this week. Yes, my name is Zoe Hill. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Zoe. How are you? Good. You ready for uh, the splendors of December? Mm. Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. What are you excited about mostly? Christmas. Christmas in general? What's your favorite part about Christmas? I don't know. You don't know? Everything. All the things? Yeah. Well, before we jump into the review, Zoe, why don't we do the money quiz? But I'm going to change things up a little bit, okay? I'm going to give you three questions. And whether you get them right or wrong, I'm going to give you 10 bucks. What? For each question? No, for all the whole thing. The fact that you're here with me. Because we've sort of formalized our business relationship as of late, right? You are working for dad a little bit more formally as a uh, small business team member. Do you like that? You like getting a little bit more money? All right. Drum roll, please. Question one. Mom and I saved up $300 to give out randomly to people who are working hard in the service industry this year. People like, you know, at a sandwich shop or the dollar store. You know when we go to the dollar store and those nice people work behind the counter? Yeah. So we thought maybe we could like give them a big tip. You know, we're like a waiter, a waitress. You know, grocery store. Yeah. So speaking of waiters and waitresses, according to salary.com, how much do you think, Zoe, a waiter or waitress makes per hour in the United States? Is it A, $10 an hour? B, $25 an hour, or C, $50 an hour. Uh, I'm going to have to go with A. A A is correct. (laughs) That right answer is $10 an hour. That's what a waiter or waitress makes on average in the United States. And actually, Zoe, if you take out tips from that, do you know what the minimum wage in Michigan is for? $5. $4 an hour. $4. That's it? That's it. Wow. That's why tipping is so important. Wow, people tip, 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 tip. That's right, that's right. And we're going to big tip. Question number two. Emergencies, they can happen in life. Mm -hmm. You know, our car spins out on the highway on our way to Marquette, and then our bumper flies off, and our tires get messed up. Do you remember being in the snowbank? Anyway, that's an emergency. Calvin falls off the bed when he's wrestling with you and slams his eye into the corner and starts bleeding everywhere. I kind of kicked him. Kind of kicked him a little bit. Or when you were a little girl, you took this like glass, you know, this this water glass thing, and you were in our bathroom and you threw it in the porcelain sink and it cracked the porcelain sink. So anyway, emergencies can happen and they can cost money, Zoe. Financial experts say that people should save three months of expenses or an average around $16,000, according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. According to Bankrate, Zoe, what percentage of Americans do not have 
at least three months of expenses saved for emergencies since they're so important? Is it A, 25%? Is it B, 50%? Or C, 75%? B. B, 50%. You are correct. Correct answer. That's right. Everybody, 50% of America does not have at least three months of expenses saved for emergencies. Actually, 25% don't even have a thousand dollars. So save for those emergencies, everybody. Question number three. Christmas, as we just talked about, is a super fun holiday. It's one of my favorite holidays. It's a season for giving. When people give, they send packages to loved ones all around the country the Postal Service, you're waiting for some stuff from the Postal Service, right? I know. Some slime. The Postal Service delivers these packages for us, you know? So according to them, according to the U.S. Postal Service, how many packages will the post office deliver between Thanksgiving and the New Year? Is it A, 900? Is it B, 900,000? Or C, 900 million? C. C is your answer, and that is correct. Yes. Oh, yes. They're going to deliver almost a billion packages between Thanksgiving wow. and New Year. Isn't that wild? Well, Zoe, you got all three answers right. And if whether you got them right or wrong, you're still getting paid today because you, uh, you work for Hill Media LLC. Anyway, oh, yeah. let's jump to the review of the month. First, we got to pick which one because there's going to be seven reviews. Alexa, pick a number between one and seven. Here's a number between one and seven. It's five. Oh, okay. Well, our fifth review comes in from Greener Pasture, who calls it an awesome show. Zoe, will you read this awesome review from this person? Awesome show. This is such an amazing show. I've just started on my journey to financial independence as a father, a husband, and a small business owner. I appreciate Andy's honesty and positive attitude. I've been listening to archived episodes for a few weeks now and have not only learned a ton, but I have had a major shift in my mindset and relationship with money. Thank you so much for the amazing resource. Awesome, Zoe. Nice reading. And thank you very much, Greener Pasture. Greener Pasture, I don't have your email. So if you could please send a screenshot of your review and email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com, that'd be great. That way I can send you one of these great books that we talked about. You really want some books? Trust me. Yeah, they're good. I haven't even read them. Zoe hasn't read them, but they're really good. Everyone, we're going to be doing this again next month. It's going to be the same, Zoe, but we're going to be doing new books. Zoe, do you want to read these new books that we're going to be doing? Here they are. Do Nothing by Celeste Headley, Taking Stock by Jordan Grummet, and My Money, My Way by Kamiko Love. Awesome. Yeah, those are going to be great books. Past podcast guests that were on this show and just good people overall. So please leave us a review in Apple Podcast and take a screenshot of your review and email us at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com. And if you don't have Apple Podcasts, that's all good. You can leave us a rating on Spotify and screenshot that one as well. Zoe is now enjoying petting her kitty. So we are ready to rock. Zoe, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It's the last Monday of the year, and I'm excited to share some excellent episodes with you to finish out the year in style. Next Monday, December 12th, I've got author Barbara Sloan. She's going to join me to discuss how tipped workers and service workers can achieve financial independence without the traditional 401k routes and all that good stuff. 
The two Mondays that follow from that, we've got two best of MKM episodes to close out the year. The first one will be a compilation of three different short interviews from young millionaire families and how they accomplish that big family win. The second will be our most downloaded interview of 2022, which is something I like to do as our last episode just kind of recapping the best interview of the year. And that's my conversation with Maggie Tucker and how she retired together with her husband in her 40s. It's going to be another great month of family empowering content, everybody. And I am grateful for all of you, the listeners of this Marriage, Kids and Money podcast. Thank you for helping me have this platform and allowing this to be my job. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Muhammad Ali. Don't count the days, make the days count. Let's finish the year strong, everyone. Carpe diem. 